are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Open your Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter. I'm going to share with you on the subject of the intent of the Word. You know, in a court of law, and you may have some lawyers here, but in a court of law, if you can prove intent of the law, even sometimes the intent of that law is more important than what the law itself said in a contract between two individuals. If you can prove the intent of that contract, it is more important than the words that are written on the contract under certain conditions. And if you can prove the intent that this individual understood it to be that way, and that individual understood it to be that way, regardless of what the contract says, it will hold up in a court of law that the intent of it was more important than what was written down, the way it was understood. Now, I taught on this, and I got it by revelation, I guess, because when I started to put it in a letter, I sent out a teaching letter four times a year, and I decided, you know, I better check this out. I'm teaching something that I got by revelation, but let's make sure it was revealed by the right source. So I called my lawyer there and run it by him, and he said, yeah, you're right. Well, I thought I was, but you see, sometimes we have to check up on ourselves. Now, what I want us to see is that sometimes this is why you have people teaching from the same Bible and teaching it totally absent from what somebody else is teaching. Sometimes people ignore the intent of the Word, they ignore the context of the Word, and they draw from it things that are not there at all. They read between the lines and they read things that are not there. But you see, if we're going to follow the direction of Jesus, we need to know and seek out the intent and keep things in context. Now, I asked the Lord one time, because I've noticed this, and I know you have too, that you'll hear people on radio, ministers on radio. They'll take some of the best prosperity scriptures in the Bible and preach poverty from it. They'll take healing scriptures and preach sickness and suffering from it. Why? Because they don't discern the intent of the Word. And we'll get into some of that tonight. I don't want to get into that right at this point. But uh, I asked the Lord about it one time. I said, Lord, why is the Bible written this way? And you can see that Scripture's in the Bible that can be taken two different ways, and they're both exact opposites of each other. One of them points this way, and one points the other way. But you see, the Bible is spiritually discerned. The Word of God spiritually discerned. You can have people that have degrees in divinity, and all kinds of PhDs and DDQs and whatever it is, but uh, if they don't have the Spirit of God, they can squirrel the Word of God up till nobody can understand it sometimes. And religion has done that. But I want you to know that God's Word is truth. Now, let's look here in the 6th chapter of Matthew and begin with Jesus teaches His disciples to pray. Verse 9 says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now that's one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. 
Jesus said for the disciples to pray that the kingdom come, that thy will be done, God's will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now just stop and ask yourself, how is it in heaven? Is there any sickness there? Is there any disease there? Is there any poverty there? Then that must be the will of God for the earth. I mean, we're looking at intent now. Isn't that the intent of what Jesus is saying? If it is God's will that His disciples pray... Now, see, often you hear people say, this is what Jesus taught us to pray. No, this is not what Jesus taught us to pray. It's what He taught His disciples to pray under the Old Covenant. This is not a New Covenant prayer because New Covenant prayer is prayed in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is not in this prayer, but there are some things here that we can use. But the intent is what we need to get a hold of. What is the intent of this verse of Scripture? Jesus is revealing that when the kingdom comes, it is possible that the will of God can be done in earth as it is in heaven. He didn't mean that it would be necessarily so. How many of you recognize that it is not in earth today as it is in heaven? But Jesus told his disciples to pray that way, didn't he? Now, what was his intent? His intent was to reveal to them that this is the will of God the Father, that it be on earth the same as it is in heaven. That is the will of God. Now, if it's God's will that it be on earth as it is in heaven, then the things that are happening in heaven today is the will of God for the earth. You still out there? So then, we could conclude from this that Jesus is saying this is the will of God. I mean, Jesus wouldn't teach his disciples to pray something that wasn't the will of God, would he? Pray that the kingdom come. See, under the old covenant, it was impossible for it to be on earth as it was in heaven because you couldn't get rid of sin. I mean, you could offer sacrifices, but once you sinned, you're guilty, man. You couldn't get rid of the consciousness of sin. You could offer a sacrifice, you're sweeping it under the rug, but it's still there. I mean, raise the rug up, it's still there, man. Every year, you've got to look at it. You can't get rid of it. But thank God, under the new covenant, we can walk as though sin had never been. Because if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus removes the very consciousness of sin. So we can walk in this earth today as though sin had never been. Jesus was the cure for the sin problem. So what he is trying to get over to them, that if you pray that the kingdom come, when the kingdom is come, it is possible for the will of God then to be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That's what he preached. You just notice the references of Jesus preaching. He preached the kingdom of God. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Gospel means good news. Brother, you can hear some people on radio and television, and when they get through with this book, it's bad news. It's gloom and doom. Why? Because they don't discern the intent of the word. Now notice, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It is the will of God today. For it to be in earth the same as it is in heaven. That's been the will of God since the beginning of this planet. Now, I have sense enough to know it's not that way. And I think you do. But it is the will of God that it be that way. 
That's why he told the disciples to pray that way. Now, we don't pray this prayer today for one reason, because the kingdom has already come. Now, don't get offended at that. It'll turn out all right. Don't run off. This is not the kingdom theology. I'm just sharing with you that on the day of Pentecost, the kingdom of God came to the planet Earth and was set up in the hearts of men. Now, let's discern what kingdom he's talking about. Somebody said, oh, now, Brother Caps, he's talking about the kingdom that's set up in the New Jerusalem. So, you see, then it will be on earth as it is in heaven. Well, now, let's just check and see if that's what Jesus is talking about. Let's find the intent of what he's saying. Go to Mark, the ninth chapter. And here in the ninth chapter of Mark, verse 1, Jesus says, Verily I say unto you that there are some of them that stand here that shall not taste death, till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. Now, let me ask you, are any of those people still alive and on the earth today? Not a single one of them. Not a single one of them. So it can't be the new Jerusalem. It had to be the kingdom that came on the day of Pentecost and was set up in the hearts of men. Then in Luke, the 17th chapter, verse 20 and 21, when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he said, they won't say, lo, here, and lo, there, but behold, The kingdom of God is within you. This kingdom that he's referring to, when it has come, it is possible that the will of God can be done in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we ought to be able to live here like we were already there. Now, I'm telling you the ultimate. I'm telling you what Jesus taught. This is the gospel of the kingdom. I didn't say you were going to live that way. I said that is the will of God. We ought to shoot for that whether we ever hit it or not. I mean, like someone said, shoot for a star. You may hit the moon, but it's better than shooting for nothing and getting it. So the intent of what Jesus is focusing on here is that when the kingdom has come, it's possible that things can be in this earth the same as it is in heaven. In other words, you can have a little bit of heaven here on earth. You know, we sing those old songs, and they're good songs, all right, but sometimes it got the wrong message over to us. When we all get to heaven, won't it be wonderful then? You know, well, that's true. It'll be wonderful when you get to heaven, but what about the here and now? That's great that we're going to have rewards when we get to heaven, but we've got to pay the light bill. And you've got to be able to meet your obligations here on earth. So the gospel of the kingdom is more than just looking for something in heaven. It is what is available in the provisions that the kingdom of God makes available here on earth today. So when Jesus taught the gospel of the kingdom, he taught some things that not many people today believe at all. That when the kingdom comes, it's possible that it can be on earth as it is in heaven. That is the will of God. Now somebody said, Brother Caps, if that were true, then it would be that way. Oh, no. It doesn't happen just because it's the will of God. Is it God's will that any perish? No, it can't be because it's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Are there any perishing? Yeah, multitudes are perishing. Was it God's will for Adam to sin and eat of the tree of knowledge of blessing and calamity? No, but he did, didn't he? So just because it's the will of God does not mean it's going to take place. You have a decision to make. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, before I leave the broadcast, I want to remind you that all of this week, our CD offer is CD offer number 7221. That's 7221. It's called God's Image of You. 
It's two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $19. God's image of you. You know, so many times people don't have the right image of themselves. The Word of God is what gives us the image that God has of us. He describes us in the Word. John said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. So, so many people think they're going to be sons of God when they get to heaven. No, if you're not a son of God here, you're not going to be son of God when you get to heaven because you're not going to heaven. You have to make the decision here. John said, you have overcome the wicked one, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody said, you mean that's talking about me? If you've been born again, Paul said, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. So the image you have of yourself should come from the word of God. Don't let it come from other people. Don't let it come from some ridiculous idea. But let the word of God be the point of contact to release your faith and have the image that the word says you should have. Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen says, As in water, face answered to face, so the heart of man to man. In other words, you look in water and it reflects what you are. It's offer number 7221, God's image of you. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescapps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.